to the first episode of the Beards Watch podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Tom Parkman. Uh, tell you a little bit about myself. Originally from uh, Manchester, Connecticut, up north, New England. Currently residing in Charlotte, North Carolina, where I uh, work with my co-host, Jacob Rowland. Yeah, this is uh, me, J. Roll Nation, Jacob Rowland, whatever you may call me. Um, yeah, the Beards Watch. We, we just kind of... We get we kind of got in trouble at work a couple times, uh, sitting around the cube talking about Game Wasted, of Thrones or sports or wasting a little too much time standing around and talking. So yep. we figured we put it on, uh, record it and put it out for the world to listen to. Yeah, and we hope you you enjoy it. Uh, we were we were actually going to have we sped this up to have one of my good friends Austin Cheeks join us from Texas. He uh, missed his flight slash had some classwork he couldn't miss, so we invited a. Our good friend Jeeves, the Dirty Vasquez. Hello, what's going on? <laughs> a little nervous, Jeeves? Just a little bit. <laughs> All right, we'll make it quick and painless. Yeah. All right, so one of the big topics that I wanted to throw out, since we are we work in television covering sports, we're big sports fans, yeah. have been for, well, for me, 33 years. <laughs> uh, last week... One of the all-time greats, Muhammad Ali, passed away. Yep. 74 years old. And it got me thinking because I was watching all the, the tributes and everything on ESPN and Fox Sports and every other channel that covers sports in any kind of way. And everybody kept saying how great Muhammad was and how, how amazing his fighting career was. And myself, I was born in 1982. Like I said, I'm 33 years old. I never got to see Muhammad fight. So I know how great he was, but it's always secondhand. I always see tapes of him or hear people talk about him or watch ESPN's 30 for 30. I never got to see him in his prime. His last fight, I think, was when I was two years old. Yeah, I don't think anybody here has seen him in, uh, in, definitely per- I mean, seen him in person. It was the, all the lasting, highlights. The lasting image for us, being the age that we are, we see either his highlights or the movie that Will Smith did about his life. Or we, we know him for his battle with Parkinson's, unfortunately. That's, that's the image that we have in our life of Muhammad Ali. The best image we have of him was in 1996 at the Olympics when he lit the torch. That was probably the pinnacle in our lifetime for Muhammad. So it got me thinking that who are the greatest athletes in our lives? The guys that we saw. Well, I say guys. could be girls, too. Mm-hmm, yeah, I mean, sure. Serena Williams. Athletes all the way. Tip the cap to Serena Williams. One of the best. Uh, Who are the athletes that we've seen in our lives that will leave lasting impacts on our memory? The ones that when we're 50 years old, when we're 60 years old, we're going to tell our kids, I saw them. I watched them play. I watched their championships. I had their merchandise, whatever it is. So I gave you both homework over the weekend. And I asked you to come up with the top three athletes in your lives that you're going to tell your kids about. So I'll toss it over, Jeep. Since you're the guest, yeah, you get yeah. to weigh in first. Oh, Jeep. Who's, your, who's right. the one that you're going to say to your kids, I saw them? Uh, my first one, first and foremost, I'm actually wearing this man's T-shirt right now. It is Jeff Gordon. Wow. I went with oh, Jeff. Right okay. Yes, sir, we know Jeff. Sir. Do you do He's Jeff over? four-time... Winston champion. Well, it's sprint. He, he wanted it. He wanted Winston. Winston. No. So he's a Winston champion in my book. Uh, he's born in Vallejo, California, which is my hometown. Nice. Um, and he had a 
lasting career with Hendrick Motorsports, uh, one of the top motorsports companies around in NASCAR. Um, and he actually is part of y'all's group now, working for Spock Sports. That's correct. That is true. Um, yes. He's actually he's a co worker that we don't get to see too much. Yeah, we don't go on the road. Yeah, I, I, let him, I let him in the door one time. So. <laughs> door yeah, one. he's actually doing a pretty decent job in the booth, if I do have to say so myself. So, so let me throw this out to you. Because I'm, I'm a big Jeff Gordon fan myself. I got all the 24 gear. I've been watching him for almost 25 years now. Started in 1982. So, racing in Atlanta? Does. The fact that Jimmy Johnson had so much success while Jeff Gordon was out there, does that just diminish it at all for you? Or is it still Jeff Gordon's the guy and Jimmy's just, he's the second in command, basically? I still say Jeff Gordon's still the guy because, yeah, Jimmy had six good career, six good years when he went back six times. But Jeff Gordon put his money where his mouth is and told Rick Hendrick to sign Jimmy Johnson. If you don't, someone else is going to pick him up. And Rick Hendrick and Jeff Gordon split the pot. And, I mean, Jimmy Johnson's doing his thing. But for me, it's always going to be Jeff Gordon because Jeff Gordon was basically the man there for a while under Hendricks. I will agree with you. Now, when you talk about someone like Muhammad Ali, had a huge impact culturally. And that's what kind of set him apart too. Great on the mic. Everybody knew Muhammad's name yeah. worldwide. It wasn't just because he was a boxer. And not, not completely similar, but in the same vein, Jeff Gordon had that same kind of impact because he was one of the driving forces in moving NASCAR out from just being a Southern sport. Like you said, from California, great in front of the camera, hosted Saturday Night Live. And he was one of the guys that really brought NASCAR into the national spotlight. So I agree with you that he's, uh, he's one of the, the guys that – has had a huge impact and is one of the greatest athletes. Yeah. How about you, Jerry? What right. you got? Here, here's where this was a tough one because I've been racking my brain since you, you hollered at this question a little bit ago. And, you know, we talked about it a little bit. And I say in my lifetime, I probably, you know, you, you, you probably don't really start noticing sports at least until you're probably, what, eight, nine, maybe at least grasping besides just the images and this and that. I would agree. So, <laughs> real, real quick before you get into yours. So if you're saying eight or nine, what what time frame does so that that's, put that? That's sitting me at probably I think it's ninety six, ninety seven, okay, around so ninety eight. Um, I was born in eighty two, so I would okay, be right yeah, around nineteen ninety, nineteen ninety. So that's what I'm basing off of. Now, you know, I'm not going to say Michael Jordan because to me, I mean, ninety six is when he won his last title, correct? Uh, no, ninety eight. That was what so ninety six was when he came back. I, I didn't. I didn't really in our house. We didn't really watch that much basketball, to be honest with you. So I. I knew it from turning on, and, and sports channels were still as local news, this and that. Still wasn't watching too much basketball. So, I, But I, I, like you said, to me, I want to think of somebody who I have seen in most of their games, watched them live. Now, I know Michael Jordan's great. I'm not saying he's not. I'm just saying I didn't watch his games through and through like some of these other people, that I, players or athletes that I'm going to bring up because I know he's great. He's the greatest all time. But we're going to go with somebody I, I more watch. Now, this is going to be me being a football guy. I'm going to stray away because the first guy I thought of off the bat, when you're just talking about a dominant performance, is Shaquille O'Neal. Right. I mean, the guy has won championships in L.A., then went down to Miami and won them. His personality is great. I mean, he had a bazillion different nicknames. Uh, but that's just the, when we talk about – yeah, when we talk about athletes that are just – and he was just so dominant at a sport. Yeah. He had those years at the end, as all athletes do. 
you know, the Phoenix Suns and the Cavs, where he was just kind of collecting It's very money. rare for a guy to go out on top. The exactly. Guy, and that's, especially the superstars, they stick around a long and, time. And that's, that's a discussion that we've all, we can have another day about hanging around, because there are very few that get to hang out and go out with their respective teams, but even go out on top, you know. It, it's probably, a tough thing probably to do. Probably a few guys right now that should probably hang it up that are, are refusing. That's true, but if they're going to keep cashing the checks, yeah. there's nothing wrong with taking And walk away from money. So I went with Shaquille just because of, when I would watch those Kobe and Shaq teams dominate, and then when they wanted to get rid of them in L.A., go down to, go down to Miami and completely turn that team around and help them out, him and D. Wade and, and all their ensemble they had there. I just think, and, and as far as this far into my career and my life, Shaq D's is up there. I'm so. glad you brought him up because I actually uh, I was watching an ESPN 30 for 30 today called This Magic Moment. And it was it about, the, it was about one? Penny, yeah. And, and yeah. Penny and Shaq. And how they could have had And that him. was, yeah. man, mid-90s, that was my yeah. team. I was all about Penny and Shaq. I yeah. was heartbroken when Shaq went out to L.A. Yeah. When I still say to this day that I don't have the same love for the NBA ever since they retired Little Penny, the little doll that was voiced by Chris <laughs> Rock. But watching that, I remembered how much I loved that team. Yeah. Which is why my number one guy is so difficult for me. Yeah. Because I'm saying Michael Jordan. And in the mid-90s, I hated Michael Jordan. I couldn't stand him. I grew up in New England. All the Boston fans up there hated him because everybody was saying he was the greatest ever. And if you're a Celtics fan with any kind of pride, it's always Bill Russell. Bill Russell's the guy. So I I wasn't a Celtics guy, but I heard it from my stepfather, from family, friends, from everybody. Like Michael Jordan's not the greatest ever. In my lifetime, Michael Jordan was the greatest. Yeah, no, that's true. And that's true. like I was saying earlier about having that impact outside of the sport, too, how many NBA players prior to Michael Jordan had their own movie? How many guys had their own sneaker line? Yeah. How many guys had commercials? I mean, he's, what, 15 or so, maybe a little less years retired now, yeah. and he's still pumping out commercials yeah. and has a new sneaker every year. I mean, the impact that he had – and. Seeing the fact that the Bulls were such a dominant team and he stepped away and they didn't win, and as soon as he came back, they ran off another three in a row. And like I said, it it kills me to say it because I didn't like him. But I have to admire how great he was. When he could just go into New York City, go into the Garden, and drop 60 points on the Knicks. And then, you know, the flu game where he's coming out and sick as a dog and still plays in the finals game. It was... Watching Michael Jordan was incredible at the time. It hated every second of it, but it was still incredible to watch. And even now, looking back at what he meant to the sport then, it's I'm definitely going to be telling my kids about it, Michael Jordan yeah. Yeah. and how great it was to watch. All right, Jeeves, number two, who you got? My number two, he just got elected to the Basketball Hall of Fame. AI. Ooh, that's a good one. Now, I, I was, like she it. She was up there. Okay. I was a practice. We yeah. talking I practice. Yeah. I, yeah. I wouldn't say I was a wow. huge fan, but he he had an impact on me wanting to get his sneakers, watch the Sixers when he was with them, especially when he hit that shot over Tyrone Lou, then stepped over Tyrone <laughs> Lou when they beat him. Fair enough. So, AI was, was a good one. AI is definitely up there. Um, his impact on the culture and, yeah. and and both you know both sides of the spectrum. They mm-hmm. changed the dress code in the NBA because of AI because he would show up in you know street, street clothes, clothes and, and stuff. Um, but no, yeah, I, mean, I had a pair of AI sneakers. I you know there's no way I could ever pull the moves off. But you know you can emulate them all you want. Oh, yeah. Cold sack. Um, since uh, since he left Philly, they put. 
pretty much been in a tailspin ever since. Yes, They've been they gotta respect the process. Yeah. That's true. I, I can't really – I think they, they hovered around 500, then they just blew the whole team up. Yeah. And got rid of everybody, and, and then they've just been drafting a lot of people. And he was actually just here in Charlotte with the uh, kick with Cam. Yeah, that's right. He was. Pick, uh, he charity. Was. Now, again, showing my, my team allegiances and hatreds of some players but still being able to respect them. When he was in school – Huge rivalry with my UConn Huskies. Yeah, it was, uh, Ray yeah. Allen against Allen Iverson. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was rivalry. So he was always he was wearing the opposing team colors, but you could see how great he was. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll give you that one. That was that's a good one. Which we're going to go off on a tangent here on that. You know, we we didn't leave with we're down here in, in the basement of my crib here, <laughs> probably where we're stationed. And if you haven't been over to the, the spot, it's it's always decorated. It looks like a fraternity house. Some say it looks like I got all kinds of stuff. So, as you can tell, you probably know I'm a Panthers fan. Tom's big Northeast kind of guy. Giants, Yankees, all that stuff. Right. You're pride, baby. Jesus got about 47 different <laughs> favorite teams, whoever's winning, you know. So, I told Tom to make him feel more comfortable. He could bring a Yankees pennant or a Giants pennant to hang up. You know, I'd be okay. I, mean, I got tons of Panthers stuff, <laughs> some Hurricanes when they won the Cup the one time, and, you know, yeah, the Super Bowl losses. I don't want to get disrespected. Oh, I don't want people coming over and ripping it off the wall. Oh, no, no, no. See, nobody will do that. No, no. When, when, the, when the Giants and Panthers play each other, no, and the Giants win, I, and Odell catches four touchdowns. I won't rip anything off the wall. I mean, I've got a, I've still got a, a, a John Elway plaque that has. I was a big John Elway <laughs> fan. That was painful after the Broncos beat the Panthers here in the Super Bowl. So I, I don't think if anybody's hanging stuff up, ain't nothing gonna get ripped down. Ain't any cats gonna rip it down just because they're being cats. So. Uh, yeah, I, we know how much. But if you want to, like I said, so we went off on a little tangent there, but just to make right, everybody so feel comfortable on that who's aspect. Got, who's your number two? My uh, number two, it's this is going to be out there because this is so hard. But I got to say, because I remember it, is Michael Phelps when he beat right. the record of gold medals. What was it in one eight. summer in any yeah, Olympics eight, at all? Eight, eight, eight right? Eighteen. Eight. 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 I think he has a total. Giving him a little. Too he has a total of eighteen. <laughs> is that you, right? No, no, not the year. He had an eight. He might have yeah, like a eight, total. Eight, eight and two weeks. Well, basically one week because yeah. swimming does it over one week. Yeah. yeah. So, and that is, I'm not, like I said, I never joined the swim team. I never really thought too much of that. But when you sit back and look at athletes and their performances, and it's, I think it's easier to do these when it's a, a guy or a girl who's in a sport that's individual. Yeah. Or like in basketball to me, it's five guys and you can dominate out there one-on-one a yeah. lot. And swimming Besides the relay, when you got to rely on three other guys, but most I think he only, the relay was only one of those gold medals, maybe two. I mean, they might be two. two. Although one of those was a photo finish, if I remember exactly. correctly. So one of those guys saved him. It did. What was it? There was the London Olympics, right? Twenty twelve. I think so. I just remember oh eight in China was the one where he had a good run but didn't yeah. win all of them. Yeah. And I just remember sitting down, and I actually got to watch every single one of his races, as you would say, and that's something. You know, it's easier to do now with all the different technologies. We can we can watch anything with with all the different sticks to put in your TV and internets, Twitter, and all that stuff. You can watch the stuff. And then you know, back then even though it was 2012, still early with you know, I think Twitter. Yeah, Twitter was around, so you could yeah. catch it. But I'm sure, I'm sure we were finding out. Yeah, that. if I remember correctly, that was the one we were all standing around watching yeah. on, uh, on our laptops. That's a word. The yeah. live feed. And and just don't be, tell our boss that. Exactly, <laughs> well, it's out there now. <laughs> but just sitting there and seeing that—that that was a dominant. That's—it's uh, going to be very hard for anybody in winter or summer Olympics 
to come close to getting that that match. And you know, I've strayed different from where I want to go with a basketball and a swimming. <laughs> it's hard for me to do, but I'm just thinking of stuff that I've seen. And it, and it is even you know trying to think as a as a kid, have I seen it or have I just seen a lot of the highlights? What well, doesn't diminish anything. But this one, I, like I said, I actually got to see him win all those medals, which was close. So you went off on a tangent. I got a tangent for you. So early days, well, so when we were kids, let's put it that way. Okay. Watching the Olympics, if it wasn't in the U.S., everything was tape delayed. Yeah. So it would happen, you know, 1 o'clock in the afternoon, somewhere overseas. It wouldn't air until prime time here on the East Coast for us. Now that we have Twitter and we can see everything instantly – does it diminish anything for you if you're finding out on Twitter but you're not watching it at the time? No, because I actually think it's it's a help because think about – I mean any you can find anything out in an instant. It's so much – it's better to find it out in an instant. Some people go, oh, no, I wish – than to me waiting around. Are you, if, you, if you find out about it on Twitter at 2 in the afternoon, are you still going to tune in to the 9 o'clock broadcast and I'm, watch it? I'm not going to need to because they're already going to have a highlight on Twitter. You're going to run the highlight strip, right? I mean, NBC Sports or whoever owns the rights to whatever event we're talking about is going to, as soon as whoever it is wins that race, they're going to have a, a rip of that. They got digital guys that are there. I mean, we, we see it at work. We got digital guys. They immediately pull that highlight up or that crash up or that injury up, and you're there. So, yeah, maybe if it's later that night and I'm, I'm cleaning up the kitchen or doing some work or hanging out with friends, we might flip the news on just to watch it again. But, geez, we can just have somebody's phone and just sync it to a TV and watch it yeah. again there, too. So, I don't think it diminishes it. It just makes – it should make people more aware of what's going on. It's it's hard for you to get by with the, oh, no, I didn't see it. Because all of a sudden, oh, you didn't see it. Let me go, – go here. I can show it to you on my phone or go to my Twitter feed or my Facebook um, or my Instagram. And I can show you instantly about, you know, anything that happened. So, I don't think it diminishes it. It makes a – it's a different kind because now I think more people actually talk about it. Okay. All right. Uh, so, going back to the list, my number two, I'm going with greatest athletes – I got to have a great one on my list. Wayne Gretzky. Again, okay. from enough. the north. Yeah. Big hockey area up there, Rangers and Bruins. But, I mean, I was looking at his stats. In terms of points scored in the NHL, goals plus assists, he has a 1,000 more points than the next guy on the list. Yeah, that's A 1,000. Yes, I th- That's incredible. Yeah. And even in his prime when he was winning with Edmonton, that was still when I was a kid. I was maybe six, like pushing towards the eight ten area. Okay. So when I really saw him play, it was towards the backside of his career, and he was still better than everybody else. And that's watching him on the on the ice. You know his his uh, stick handling, his his shooting, his assists. It was just in L.A. in St. Louis in New York. It was incredible to watch him play the game of hockey. And going back to my argument always about having the impact outside, he was a superstar outside the game. I mean, how many times did you see him in Mighty Ducks? <laughs> that is that, true. And uh, D two? Yeah, he was in there. Was it a couple times? Yeah, well, he definitely showed up in that in that one. Uh, and again, watching the like seeing when he got traded from Edmonton to LA, how big of an impact that had on the sports world and how big of a story it was, just shows how how big of a star he was in the game. And so when we're talking greatest athletes, i got to put him on my list. All right, let's take a quick pause for this refreshing sound we're about to hear. <laughs> All right. 
Alright, Jeeves, we're putting you on the spot because you said you only had two, so you gotta yeah, come up with yeah, a third. Who's one. the third? But you've had two first good ones. I was I'm, not I'm expecting impressed. this from you, Jeeves. I was expecting like, I don't know, Raymond Felton no. and Sean May and like no, you know, Sean McCann. I'm gonna, hey, I'm gonna try to stay away from Barry Zito. Like I was just I'm gonna thinking. try to stay away from Turtles because yeah. you know how I love them. Bias, and yeah. and a lot of them don't pan out that good. There's except, there, except for my number one. Except for Jordan. Jordan's yeah, right. panned out. Vince Carter has panned out, which he's one of the guys that needs to retire, but still collecting <laughs> that paycheck. Um, but All right, so I three. think my next one has to has to be from baseball. All right. oh, okay. Um, this man, I I never seen him play because I wasn't on the East Coast at the time. I lived on the West Coast, moved here ten years ago. But would have to be Chipper Jones. Wow. Chipper Jones was okay. to Braves people like the Almighty, and he was the third baseman, which is a hot corner for baseball. If you're going to be a third baseman, you got to be on your toes, and he was. Um, when he retired, I watched the whole retirement that the Braves gave him at the stadium. Um, I, the only thing I wish I could have done was was seen him play. But I will tell my kids that he was one of the greats for Atlanta Braves and all that all that stuff. Even though he did, he won what. Two, not, three? I don't know. I don't I even know if he won. won. Well, the Braves only won, won one. They yeah. won in 95. So I don't even know. Did he not win that one? I don't think he was on the team then. No? He might have been. Not sure. Hmm. Why don't you keep throwing out some praises for him? I'll check the, I know, uh, right? I'll check the Google. But no, so, you, you, so wait, you never actually saw him play, but you're basing it off of... All the, all the I mean, just like, just like Tom said. Your generation. For yeah. Okay. For all the athletes and stuff. I mean, he was never, he was never in the steroid scandal that went on when he was still playing. Um, he never really got in too much trouble with the whole MLB league and everything like that. Um, he's done multiple charity works, everything like that. Um, so, I mean, I know, I know, I know he was on the one, some of the team, some of the teams when they won the, when they won the pennant. The, all those years, like what, fourteen years straight? I think it was. Yeah, fourteen seasons. All right, he that. was on the team when they won in '95, so he has one ring. One ring. But I mean, eight-time All-Star, won the ML NL MVP in '99, uh, batting champ in '08. That's incredible. Nine years after he won the MVP, he then led the league in, in batting. That's that's pretty impressive. Although for the second time on this list. You're going with somebody that uh, played against one of my favorite teams. Yeah. Those Braves versus Yankees World Series matchups. Yeah. Killing me. So, All right, we got Gerald. All right. So, this is, I mean, I've got a list of like six here, but I could have made a list of 20. <laughs> Please tell me Cam Newton isn't on that Cam list. Cam Newton's not, though, because right. we talked about this earlier. Again, Cam Newton, phenomenal athlete, won a national championship in college. Just lost in the Super Bowl here in his fifth year. But, again, if his career ended this season, he wouldn't – I mean, it's great to see him play, but he needs a little bit more juice there. I can, I can put that to the side. I'd love to say Steve Smith because I watched him play basically from the moment he returned that kickoff against Minnesota in 01 all the way to when they cut him a couple seasons ago. And I saw probably every single one of his games that I could. 
But I'm going to go with a guy. There's so many options go out there, and I've got to have at least one football guy in there. So I'm going to go with Randy Moss because that sucker can play the wide receiver position. There were very few corners during his time and his heyday, and even then, near the end there with the with the Patriots, that could cover him. Now he had that dead spot with the Raiders a couple seasons, but he blew it up in Minnesota. The Raiders, we just forget those. We call them the lost years. And I'll forget that uh, what four games with the Tennessee Titans. He had those four <laughs> games, but that, that's those seasons with the Vikings and then that Super Bowl run they went on with the Patriots. Though it pains me to say that because it's the Patriots. Yeah. It's still oh, my Giants beat them. So I'm, that's, I'm all right. You're good with that. <laughs> it's still just one of those guys that you had to scheme your whole defense around to figure out. We just can't go one on one. I mean, you knew he was going to beat you. You left them one on one. One of your corners, it, it just throw it up, and he'd go and get it. So I went with Randy Moss there, though. You know, you could have went with you know, you could have gone Tom Brady, but I don't see him necessarily as like the top of the top athlete. He had a great so team. Here's here's my problem with Brady and. I'm not going to take away from the, the, his legacy because you yeah. know, the anti-Patriots bias or whatever. I was debating Brady and Manning, yeah. too. Problem is, they're so good together, you can't call either one dominant. Yeah. Which is why I didn't put either of them yeah. on my list. Because, you know, Peyton's got the records, Peyton's got the MVPs, Brady's got the Super Bowl titles. Yeah. And it's, you can't have a dominant quarterback if they're both that good. Yeah. And... The the only opposition that Randy Moss would have had at the wide receiver uh, position at that time would have been Terrell Owens. He was, but you're right. Randy was by far. Yeah, I mean, and I just, it just it's like I said, when you ask that question, you, you always try to stick with who comes to my mind first. Shaquille O'Neal popped up, and then Randy popped up. I mean, I'm thinking about running backs. But again, I mean, Adrian Brady, Peterson yeah, they have, up there. They have such a short, but it, short, it does. I mean, Adrian play. Peterson. I've seen him play. You watch him run, and you're just like, holy! When he ran for those 200 yards, I mean, I remember Jamal Lewis, but he had one season when he was for the 2000. Marshawn Lynch up there with Mar- Adrian Peterson. Marshawn Lynch, but his was his. Like I said, and he was good with the Bills, and then he he tailed off, and then he blew up with the Seahawks and won a Super Bowl. And to me, too, football is such the ultimate team sport. There's some great players who never won anything. Because it just, like with Randy Moss, they were a great team. Just found the team that could beat him that one game, and they got beat. Um, could you imagine if he had a better quarterback? Not not taking away from Dante Culpepper. Yeah. But if he had a better quarterback in yeah. Minnesota in his prime? Yeah, it'd been, it'd been nuts. It'd been nuts. But, and that's why it was hard for me to go football, like you said, quarterback-wise. is because a lot of times, you know, Peyton Manning, great athlete, he did what he had to do. But I just it's hard for me to put him up there as like, the top guys you saw perform, he killed it. But it's like you said, I just think of those individual skill positions. And sometimes the quarterbacks, they get all the love, they get all the hate. But I just, I mean, to me, if there was going to be one, it'd be like Michael Vick's performances when he was with the Falcons before, when he was running and passing and making kids look silly. Now, Peyton Manning, yes, could throw the ball around and make everybody look silly. But it did, it's just the same thing to me where I was just thinking about a lot of those individual performances where they just blew it up. Uh, you want a, a couple running backs that I thought of? With Damian Tomlinson. Actually, yeah, he, his was up there. Yeah. He had a what, his years in San Diego were incredible. Yeah, never won anything, yeah. which I partially blame on yeah. Philip Rivers. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, the other one might be because you guys are a little a few years younger than me, but Barry Sanders. No, I remember Barry Sanders, but he was near the end of it, yeah. and a lot of that, like I said, I read his biography. He wrote a couple years ago. 
And I love Barry Sanders. But again, it was one of those, I watched a lot of the highlights and yeah. I saw him near the end of it. And then he gave it up so soon, which, you know, it's a tale of two halves there yeah. if you want to give it up too soon or do you have the same guys who are hanging on too long and hobbling around? Well, but, yeah, I mean, and not Barry, a, Barry can still walk around. Yeah, and then, but there's not a little, many running backs that are able to do that now anyway because once they hit almost that 30-year-old, unless they get a team that really likes them and says, you know what, we're going to trust you, they're, they're just going, well, let me draft a guy in the fifth round and get it going. I mean, yeah. it, it's cheaper. Wide, cheaper. So, but, yeah, that's it's a it was tough because there's still – I mean, you can throw Tiger Woods up there. Yeah. Um, Tiger Tiger was just outside of my list. And it's easier to get the single sport performances up there because it is all of them. It's, you know, besides a couple of things here and there, a couple of guys – obviously, it's always going to be somebody could screw up, somebody could mess up, this and that. But for, for Tiger Woods, I mean, good Lord. But, again, I didn't watch enough golf yeah. as a kid or as a teen. As in, I didn't watch any golf yeah, until Tiger, and yeah, a lot of yeah. people didn't either. And that, and same thing, but even then it was, I'd flip it on at the very end to see yeah. him win, or I'd see the highlights on it. So I was trying, and it's really hard to base off because you can't watch every game. You're going to have to watch some highlights because you can't be everywhere every time to see everything. So, But that's, that's kind of where I left top. Tiger off because I didn't really watch him as much as, as say the next person who's a dire golf fan. So for my third guy, I'm glad that Jeeves threw a curveball right off the top and went with Jeff Gordon because I left Jeff Gordon off my list. I'm such a big Jeff Gordon fan. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you put him in the discussion. But we know how much you guys both know. I'm a racing guy. I love auto racing. If it's got a motor and four wheels, hell, even two wheels, I'm watching it. And Jeff Gordon was so big for NASCAR, but the guy that I picked at number three was so big worldwide that I had to put him on. It's the seven-time Formula One champ, Michael Schumacher. What? Michael Schumacher. Hot takes galore. Hot takes galore. Seven Formula One championships. Everybody just said, who? He lost the whole audience, Tom. Nine-one career wins. He's got 40 more than the guy next to him, or next in line. How about this fact? Late 90s, early 2000s, he was the highest paid athlete in the world. Not a baseball player, not a football player, not a golfer, not a boxer. Michael Schumacher, the German guy who was driving a Ferrari in the Formula One championship, was the highest paid athlete in the world. Making $60 million a year from Ferrari, plus race winnings, plus uh, sponsorship opportunities. I was reading an article of because I looked this up from earlier this year. It's like March of this year. He is still, to this date, even three years removed from being in a coma, still the second highest paid athlete of all time behind Michael Jordan. That's incredible. The that, fact- is, that is incredible. I just know a lot of people are going, who right now? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I can't, I can't leave the racers I, I, off. I, I got to put that, the racers off. I get that, but... You know, it's just, you know, you're spouting off the stats and people are going, I made a lot of money, but I don't know what, what the heck you're talking about. You're over there watching okay, this Formula so, One. <laughs> so the one big thing for this is NASCAR is big in America, and it's not even – there's a lot of people that don't consider it a sport. Formula One is big worldwide, not anywhere close to what NASCAR is in America. So I understand that Americans don't really care about Formula One that much. It's a very small percentage, yeah. but his impact globally yeah, I, is I got you. much the same. When we started with Muhammad Ali, it was people, you know, he was having title fights in Africa and in Asia. 
it was people knew him across the globe. They knew Muhammad Ali. And Schumacher, while not to that level, same kind of impact. There were people all over this world, all over the globe, that knew who Michael Schumacher was and still know who he is today. So I, I had to put him on my list. He's on the list. He's on the list. So we've gone through our top three. You can debate it. You can figure it out. Oh, I'm sure there's going to be some debate. Yeah. We'll throw we'll throw the Twitter handle out later. Yep. So you can, uh, you can respond about how terrible our picks yeah, are. Yeah, and, we'll, and we'll throw that out too. Um, you know, if you want if you want to be on the podcast, shoot us a tweet, shoot us an email. And I also say if you're coming in to join the podcast, I need something for the basement. You know, it's got to be uh, – you know, Cheeks was supposed to come and bring me some Texas Tech gear from his school, a Texas Tech pennant. I'm hurt. My feelings are hurt. You know, something to add a little flair. If it's just some cookies, you know, bring some cookies. Just Or, or a game you sock from your intramural championship or something <laughs> like that. We'll give you some love. We'll hang it up here, make everybody feel more at home. It's in the basement of the, of the new spot. Uh, if there's anything else, you know, we're also big Game of Thrones fans. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, we got, we two, got days, two more episodes. Two more episodes left. We had a big discussion at work with a couple co-workers yesterday of what we think is going to happen. I mean, I think this has been one of the best seasons in a while. We had a couple episodes that this, some people thought this, these past three episodes have been duds. I, I thought the two episodes ago, that one was more of a dud than the, all the season, the whole for the whole season. I enjoyed this past episode because there was some hat slinging. There was some blood shooting. Let's, let's give a little reference about where we are. So, so the last episode was episode eight. Yep. Uh, and spoilers ahead. If, if yeah, anybody. spoilers, spoilers. Start so, off now. So the one you're talking about two episodes ago uh, would have been episode six. Yep. Which refresh my memory. What went down in that one? See, I can't uh. even remember. It was, so, <laughs> it was so quiet and calm. All right. Well, this past episode, the hound went crazy with an axe. Yeah. Chopped a guy below the belt. Yeah. Uh, we got some. Uh, some action brewing at Winterfell. Yep. Uh, Danny returned a marine with her dragon after the the slavers. Started I wish they moved that along a little faster. We've seen her land that dragon a bazillion times. Arya finally had her uh, her fight with the waif. Yeah. Which your your theory that you stole from Reddit was yeah, shot, out shot out of the water. The theories I've I've been in theories have let me down. You know, saying well, even there was one that that, that said that Arya was actually Jack and Hagar, yeah. which that was not it. Though she, I, now I look at it, maybe she was acting like him to throw the waif off. She didn't have her sword with her. She was acting very cocky, not sneaking around after she'd hidden that in that little tip or that little corner, dark corner. She was acting so maybe she was trying to draw the waif out and give. Now I don't think she was expecting to get stabbed in the stomach, but I think she was trying to draw her out, and then she has to go through all that stuff. But then the, the killer scene where she, as we when we watched it, when she she drags her, you know, she she lures the waif into that little dungeon area and slices off the candle. We all thought it was going to go to credits and freaked out, but no, it went to show her basically taking the face and putting it up on the wall and you know Hagar letting her letting her walk because now she's achieved her her mission. Though you know the question I always had was. I wonder if that's what his goal was all along, knowing how powerful her well, name was. His little smirk at the end of that episode kind of led us to believe that his plan was for Arya to figure out that she needed to be a Stark, that she yeah. couldn't be the girl with no name. Yeah. She would have let her do it if she wanted to, but he also, probably the back of his eye, knew that eventually she learned these traits, 
she could then make herself that much more lethal and to bring honor to her family by just completely just, you know, getting rid of her name and all that kind of stuff. But, you know. So, Jeeves, you've been watching Game of Thrones with us for a few years now. You didn't didn't watch the first few seasons? No. Are you you able to keep up with all these names and storylines? Do you, I'm able do you to know keep, all these people? I'm able to keep up with more of the storylines than the names. All right. Yeah. Because I know this this next episode looks pretty good. The, the Battle of Winterfell? Yeah. The Battle, the Battle of the Bastards. Battle of the Bastards, yeah. yeah. Um, yes, I'm, I'm able to keep up with more of the storylines than the all names. Right. Okay. So I know there was, uh, when you first started watching, there was a lot of questions we had to answer for you. Yes. So you're, you're good now. Yeah. All right. Yeah, he missed the first two. Then when he when we moved in together, he he caught up. Yeah. Well, he didn't really catch up. He just kind of was thrown into the fire. Yeah, yeah. you're Man. gonna learn. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That, the same thing happened mean. with Jerryanna. She just kind of when she moved in, it was she refused. She didn't really watch it. She laid in the room, and then all of a sudden she started liking the dragon lady, lady with the dragons, aka Daenerys. I think everybody likes the dragon. Of lady. course, of course, for their own reasons. Yeah. It could be you know. And she's kind of we have to fill her in here and there, and and hope and hopefully next week for the podcast we'll have my brother Drew on who's read the books and a couple other people maybe Jackson or Buck that have read the books as well and watched it who we've had long and lengthy discussions with at work to kind of just go over some theories and, and all this and that. But I guess it's this, kind of a, kind of a weekly requirement at work that we have to sit yeah. down and break down the episode with yeah. as many people as possible. Well, I, I'm just throwing it out there. Anybody else got anything to, to throw out? I mean, what, what's on the mind? We had Jeeves well, tell us. I'll, I'll bring it up only because it's on the TV right now. Yeah. The ESPN 30 for 30 about O.J. Simpson. I have I, not watched it yet. I, but I watched I hear it's really good. The, the first episode, the two-hour premiere, aired on Saturday night. I watched it today. It's incredible. Yeah. We, earlier this year, we yeah. were watching the FX series did. Mm-hmm. About, uh, about the trial. Yeah. And it was very much a Hollywood stylized version. Yeah. They took some liberties with some things. Okay. Kind of played with the truth a little bit. And this is very much a, a truthful documentary. It's yeah. just laying out what happened. And this first episode, I was telling Jeeves earlier, it's, it's all OJ before he even met Nicole. It's wow. him growing up, it's him playing at USC, it's him being the movie star and being in commercials, playing for the Bills, and it's all stuff that I had never really seen. I kind of knew about it, you know, especially the him being in the movies, but again, this happened in the 60s, and this goes back to what we were saying before, that we knew OJ... Yeah, as the guy in Naked yeah. Gun or yeah. the guy that I knew about the, the Bronco. Yeah. OJ to me was the Bronco. So the, all this stuff about him playing in in Southern California and being the star of LA is all incredible stuff that I never really I, I knew about it, but I didn't know in depth. Yeah, and one of the things that they were talking about and. Uh, I have to test my memory here. I don't remember if he was still at USC or whether he had gone to Buffalo at the time. There was an incident they were talking about where they were at a dinner or a fundraiser or something, and this woman sat down next to OJ, like the next table over, and OJ was at a table, and everybody at the table was black. And the woman leans over to her husband, and she goes, oh my god, look at OJ sitting with all those N-words. Yeah. And... 2016 catches me off guard like holy crap how could she say that (laughs) his response when he found out about it instead of being angry was to be happy because she never she no longer saw him as a black guy he was just OJ he was a person I was like holy crap that is 
it's so foreign to us now to hear someone talk that way. Yeah. Especially yeah. someone that had the star power that OJ did. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's a whole different world. But yeah, definitely go back and watch it. The second episode is tonight, and I'm definitely going to check it out because it's nice. And us working in TV, we tend to overanalyze the production quality too. Yeah. Yeah. ESPN and the 30 for 30 series do incredible work. Yeah. Those things are so captivating, even if you're not a sports fan. Yeah. They're so entertaining. And I guess that's another, you know, plug here for the, the podcast. It's a, we'll talk about anything from yeah. what we saw today on the street to TV shows. We watch a ton of TV shows too, very big in the pop culture. I watch a lot of crappy TV shows. We can bring up a lot of other good TV shows. So, you know, and sports, and then Game of Thrones, which has only got two episodes left. So, we'll talk about those two episodes, and then we'll move on to what we think is going to happen the next season. And then we'll get that little buzz, unless something pops up throughout the year. Uh, talk but a little movies, movies argue, argue about music. Yeah, we've got, we got plenty, you know, hopefully we can get a couple people on there. We know we have a couple things with Trent Mooney's love advice. We've got to get <laughs> some of that going. Uh, Jerry Ann is... Uh, Funny movie reviews. We'll keep it at that. We'll come up with a different name later. And then hopefully we got Westcott Range will come on with us there. And, and, our buddy Big West. Our buddy Big West. West. Uh, so we, we, we've got a lot of things here. It can go either way, but it's very open to – and we'll have anybody on. Whenever somebody wants to come on, oh, yeah. we'll sit around. We'll shoot the breeze, drink a couple brews or sodas in Tom's case, <laughs> and, and we'll just you know we'll get right. it going. So uh, I brought up music. You and I – we're good friends. Yeah. We've got very different tastes in music. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're you're from North Carolina. You're very much into the country music scene. Yeah. Eric Church and yeah. uh, Luke Bryan, is he your speed? I don't I know the name, but I don't Well, let's just say Darius Rucker. Let's other, go Darius Rucker. Yeah. We started Darius off with Hootie. Yeah. <laughs> I do like just Luke Bryan, I, he's got a new song that's out that I like. His 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 country pop, tight jeans, booty stuff. I, you know, I you know, it is what it is. It gets the ladies going. But I, I prefer the early Luke Bryan and then this latest single he just hit out. All right. So so I, on my end of the spectrum, I'm very much hard Horns rock. up! Hard rock, horns heavy up. metal. Horns up. Going to Carolina Rebellion yeah. every year. His one vacation head, a year. Headbang for three days in a field. Headbang. So I decided I wanted to have a little fun for our first episode. And oh, I, came, okay. I came up with a little game that I'm calling Band or No Band. Oh, okay. All right. Because <laughs> I love... Nothing more makes me happy than when I talk about heavy metal and I throw out band names and people just look at me and go, what the hell are you talking All about? Right. That can't be a real okay. band name. Okay. So I have ten band names here. Okay. Some of them are real. Some of them I made up. Jeeves, you can, you can pitch in on this too. Yeah, we got right. it. Yeah. So I'm going to throw out a band name. You tell me if it's a real band name or one that I made up. And unfortunately, I spent about a week trying to find prizes for this because I really wanted a prize. Because we were talking about how... Uh, with the new Ghostbusters movie coming out, they're coming out with oh, yeah. the, the Ghostbusters Twinkies. Yeah. I went to about 17 different stores trying to find them <laughs> to have them as a prize if you won, and it didn't work out. They still don't have them out? No, nope, haven't found them yet. I think the people at Harris Teeter are freaking out because I keep showing up every day to check to see if they have them. <laughs> All right, so the first band name, The Apex Theory. A-P-E-X-T-H-E-O-R-Y. Apex Theory. That's a band. Band or no band? You're That's saying band, Jeeves? It's a band. Yeah, I would say a band as well. That is correct. Yeah. They are now known as Mount Helium, and they came out when I was in college. Oh, okay. Only had the one album as Apex Theory before they changed, but yeah. Okay. Band. Okay, so you're one for one. Band number two, Kitty. 
K-I-T-T-I-E, Kitty, as in small cat. No band, band or no band? Band, no band. J-Roll gets the point. No. They are an all-female band. Yeah. And they are really awesome. Really <laughs> awesome. Right. All right, band number three, Rev Theory, R-E-V-T-H-E-O-R-Y, Rev Theory. No band. You're saying no band, Jeeves? No band. Ah, it is a band. Dang, go here's, here's the trivia question. Lead singer of Rev Theory is actually related to somebody we work with, John Luzzy. Really? They're cousins. Oh, wow. <laughs> hmm. uh, fourth band, Six Feet of Trauma. That's not going to spell it because that's a long name. Six Feet of Trauma. No that's band. A band. No band. That is actually what I would call my band if I had one. Wow. <laughs> Do you remember the show Deadliest Warrior on Spike? Yeah. It was a show where yeah, they, yeah, would, they, they put would... Vikings against gladiators. Exactly. And they, would, they, would ch- they would test their, uh, their weapons against yeah. each other. So they were doing, I want to say the samurai. It was like samurai or ninjas or something like that. Okay. And they were testing the bow staff, which is basically just a big long piece of wood. Yeah. And the guy like hit one of the testing dummies with it. And bruised it or knocked its head off or something. He was like, that right there, my friends, is Six Feet of Trauma. I was like, that's a badass name. That's my band name. All right, what are we on now? Five? Uh, next one is Madevath. M-A-T-H-I-V-A-T-H. Madevath. That's a band. Yeah, I would say a band as well. Madevath is a kid I went to high school with. That's ah, not a band. <laughs> <laughs> really nice kid. Really nice. That's up. That does sound like wow, a hardcore band. Yeah. I think I influenced it by the way I said it. But no. All right, so band number six is Highly Suspect. That's a band. No band. You're not good at this, Chief. <laughs> no, no, no. That's a band. Yeah, that's, I think, what's that, four to one? Yeah. <laughs> that, uh, they are actually from Boston and just released their first album last year. Right up Jacob's Alley, The Weird Sisters. The Weird oh, Sisters. Jeeves? I'd say a girls band. No band. No band. No. They well, it's kind of a trick question. They're not a real band. They were in uh, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Oh. They were the band that were playing at the ball. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Jeez, I don't think you could win at this point. No, it's five to one. You've got how many? What? Left? Two. Three. Three. Yeah. All right. Band number eight is Fozzy. F O Z Z Y. Fozzy. No band. Band. Jeeves is correct. Oh, it's is. actually WWE star Chris Jericho's band. Oh. Fozzy. I was also thinking the name you were making a faux one off of Ozzy. You just <laughs> threw an F on the front of it, man. Uh, band number nine, Los Boricuas. Band. Jeeves says band. Jacob says. I don't know. Go band. No band. Damn, that's, that's what I wanted to go with. <laughs> They, uh, oh, I, you already told me I won, so I'm just coasting now. You know, I'm not <laughs> late nineties uh, WWE, the Attitude Era. It was a group of uh, Puerto Rican wrestlers led by Savio Vega. Oh, okay. And the last one, the Animal in Me Band. No band. Uh, band. Jacob uh, ran away with this one. Yeah. Six if, to two. Uh, if you want uh, some interesting music, check out Animal is Me. Animal in Me, excuse me, on YouTube. They do a bunch of heavy metal covers. Covered Taylor Swift. Covered Adele. Uh, they do one of Rap God by Eminem, which is awesome. And then they just did one of your boy Wiz Khalifa with uh, oh. See You Again. See You Again. Which I should play that since Tom broke my toilet bowl mug <laughs> yesterday <laughs> while he was over here. Um, 
Yeah. You'll see your toilet bowl still month hurting. sometime. I'm still hurt, man. I'm still hurt from that. <laughs> it was that Sunday. It was Sunday, man. It all blends together. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. So that was that was the first inaugural game for our little podcast. Yeah. I plan on doing more of those. We gotta some do point. something. Yeah. When people come on, and whoever loses has to like only respond in gifts and emojis all day. <laughs> no matter if your boss texts you, you still gotta reply with a gift. At some point, emoji. I'm gonna find those damn Twinkies, and then we can give those. Then we away. can do those. Give we, those away. One of the one of our favorite things to do at work is to find weird food. Yeah. And it's when. Fast food places put out new yep. stuff, like the new ones, the Whopperito at Burger King. Oh, which we're, basically we're, a Whopper wrapped up in a burrito. I think that will be a segment where we actually get some of this stuff and we try it. Though it would be over a radio, but we'll give you our <laughs> reviews. Maybe then, at some point we can get a YouTube channel yeah, going. We could, we could do something or a live Facebook thing or something. I don't know. But, I mean, I, I think it was a, a pretty good, you know, we're sitting here at 48 minutes worth. Uh, unless anybody, Jeeves, you got anything to say, off, get off your chest, you know? I'm going to put Jeeves yeah. on the spot one final time. All right. Is it tomorrow night, game six? Yes, sir. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Good yeah, your, your Warriors close it out in Cleveland, or is it going game seven? That's true. We should talk Don't about forget, they get, they get Draymond back. I, uh, yes, they do get Draymond back, but from the very beginning, when I, seen, when I heard that Cleveland was going to the championship and then OKC, or Warriors beat OKC, I've said that it will go seven games no matter what. And I still believe that it will go seven games because LeBron is LeBron. I mean, he's he's going to get his points. It's just a matter of fact of if Klay Thompson, Steph Curry can do what they would did in the regular season, shoot up all those threes. Um, if we can get get we get Draymond back, if he can be that defensive present that we didn't have in Game Five, which people are blaming uh, blaming the Warriors not having that. That's the reason why they lost, which I don't believe that's the reason why they lost. It's no one no one stepped up in his place to well, take that defensive presence. Yeah, they, don't, they don't have the defensive help. I mean, Bogut's in the middle, but Bogut ended up going down in game five as well. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so you don't think both LeBron and Kyrie are going up for 40 again? I wouldn't say they wouldn't go for 40. I just don't think that they're going to that I mean they could they'll, they'll, they'll have a decent game. Let's just yeah. put it that way. Now, you know, I'm one I always like throwing out bold predictions. Yeah. I'm going Cleveland wins game 6, sends it to game 7. LeBron goes for 50 and the Cavs win in Golden State. Wow. Bold prediction, Cavs in 7. I'm probably going to be very wrong, but I'm going to throw it out there. Okay, so if is the game, when's the game? Is the game tomorrow? Game's tomorrow night at nine o'clock. So it's it'll be Wednesday night at nine. No, 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 no. Take that back. It's Thursday. Thursday. Okay. Thursday. So if that was a game seven. Would it be Sunday? Mm-hmm. I've looked at the schedule. NBA schedule. Either way, whatever it is, that would be nuts. Either I was going to say by the time our next podcast would be next Tuesday, yeah. we'd, we'd have that. I. For some reason, I want to say the Cavs are going to win this, but if Steph Curry and all of them are actually on, I think they can win this game six as well. But I'm going to go Cavs just because I'd love to see game seven. <laughs> and he's already going game seven with a game seven oh, yeah. win. So Yeah. Thursday is game six. Uh, Sunday is game seven if there is one. Okay. So then we'd have so I'm going, info by then. I'm going bold prediction, Cavs in seven. LeBron going off in the final game. Okay. And like I said, 
I'm fully committed to it not happening. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So I hope everybody enjoyed the first the beers watch. It's a playoff of the Game of Thrones slash two guys with beards that watch a lot of TV and watch Jeep a lot of the world. A little, a Jeep's little got a little scrub. There. Yeah, he's got a little scrub. Got to, got to work on the beard, though, Jeeps. I got to keep it trimmed up for work. Yeah, we got to get these two other guys here some, so. some love advice, too, down the road because we got to get them hitched up, you <laughs> know? Right, now. So, we'll, uh, we'll send you off with a good, solid tune. Well, hang on one real oh, quick. Wait, we got something else uh, here? Social media. We're on Facebook, oh, right. the Beards yeah. Watch podcast. We're on Twitter at the Beards Watch, T H E B E A R D S W A T C H, the Beards Watch, all one word. Uh, follow yeah, guess, me yeah. on Twitter at it's me, it's TMP. <laughs> you can follow me at, at J Roll Nation. Jeeves, you want to give a little plug? You can follow me at, at Jeeves1988. There it is. Get and I'm sure follow. most of you follow us or are friends with us yeah. anyway, so we'll be sending out all the links yep. so you can... Uh, and then we'll, hopefully we get an Instagram account, too, the way yeah. we can put our guests and give our guests shout-outs and pictures and, and stuff. And real quick, shout-out to your brother, Drew, for the awesome logo that we have. That's it's right. incredible. Drew killed it with the logos. He said he'll be updating it every six months. Hopefully we get eventually get some koozies and teas out and just some good stuff. And then I will say a shout-out to the Triple Whammy Sauces since they always <laughs> our, un- our unofficial, uh, sponsor. Un- unofficial sponsor. I know they sponsor a lot of podcasts, but they've given me some sauces through the past couple years and koozies and, and all that kind of stuff. So I'll give him a little shout-out. Let's see if he's listening. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, all right, we'll send it off with a little sweet, sweet serenade. Heavy metal this week. <laughs> 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 <laughs>